Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Magic Music Review Podcast. I'm Jim Spangler, your host. Each episode, we'll talk about a new part of our passion for Disney music. It could be a song, a movie, a short film, a Broadway show, a Disney park, or one of the countless other forms of Disney music. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we go on this journey to magic music. first episode of the Magic Music Review to be about, Um, and I finally decided that since music was such an important part of the beginning of the Disney studio, why not talk about the beginning? Uh, And let's talk about Steamboat Willie, uh, which I know has a special place in all Disney fans' hearts. Um, So let's talk about the story of Mickey. Let's do a little history lesson. I know we all know this story. Um, I don't think I'm going to add anything that you don't already know. So if you don't want to listen to it, go ahead and fast forward, and I will make this as short as I can. But there are some some important things that we need to talk about and that you need to know about. First of all, we all know that Charles Mintz at Universal Studios took Oswald. Um, Walt was warned by Ub Iwerks uh, that something was up. Uh, and that Mint's brother-in-law was doing something more on his fortnightly visits than just collecting the Oswald cartoons. He had become suspicious of the confidential talks that George Winkler was having with his animators. So when Walt went to negotiate with Charles Mintz, he asked for $250 more per uh, short cartoon. He was currently getting paid $2,250, and he asked for $2,500 per cartoon. Charles then came back and offered... Walt, $1,800, which would not pay for the making of those cartoons, and Walt knew that he couldn't do it. Charles then informed him that he had signed over all of his animators, that they were all going to come work for him, and that Oswald was his property. Uh, Now, during the negotiations, Walt did try to negotiate with other distributors, but couldn't find anybody that was interested. And he kept communicating with Roy and was positive about what was happening and that the end would be okay. Walt eventually gave up. Um, And he sent a telegram to Roy before they left New York City that said, Leaving tonight, stopping over KC, arrive home Sunday morning, 7.30. Don't worry, everything okay, we'll give details when arrive. Walt. That's a pretty positive outlook, especially considering that we know how despondent he was at losing Oswald. So let's talk a little bit about the creation of Mickey. Uh, And we all know that this is all bound up in myth. Walt loved to tell the story about the creation of Mickey, and he said that he created Mickey on the train ride home from New York. He also said that Lily didn't like the name that he had given the character of Mortimer, and that she thought that Mickey was a much better name. That is what they chose. They chose the name of Mickey, and there's more detail of that, but we all know about all of that They claimed that the character originated from a pet mouse that played around on the board, on the drawing board of Walt in Kansas City. Truth was that Walt 
would catch mice and play with the mice um, and such in Kansas City. So I'm not sure that the idea that it was a uh, pet mouse is, is a true concept, but it sure is a great story. I believe that the truth appears somewhere in the middle. Uh, I think that Mickey uh, became real through a collaboration between Walt and Ub Iwerks. Um, Walt provided the personality and the voice, and Ub Iwerks provided the form of Mickey and the movement. And really, Mickey's an updated version of Oswald. He has shorter ears and a rounder body, but he's basically Oswald. That probably won't make a whole lot of people happy that I said that, but if you look at them carefully, you can definitely see the resemblance. When they started, uh, Walt still had three more Oswalds to make. Can you imagine having to make three more Oswald cartoons knowing that you're losing the character and that your animators that are drawing it are leaving? I can't imagine working in that environment, especially not with Walt. So they started Mickey in secret. Uh, Ub would animate behind locked doors, and if anybody would come in, he would hide the drawings underneath Oswald drawings so they wouldn't know what was going on. Ub would do 700 drawings a day. That's amazing. Seven, think about that. 700 drawings a day. Walt eventually built a makeshift workshop in his garage, where his wife Lily and Roy's wife Edna and Hazel Sewell uh, did the inking and painting of the cells. He then took the cells at night to the studio, and Mike Marcus, who was loyal to him, operated the camera. Playing Crazy was the first animated animated short that they created, uh, and it was scheduled for previews on May 15, 1928. I find that interesting. May 15, 1928. They actually did a preview of Mickey Mouse. However, we think of November 18, 1928 as Mickey Mouse's birthday, since that is the day that Steamboat Willie premiered in New York City. The Gallop and Gaucho was next, um, and the Oswald Renegades, all those animators that went off to Universal Studios, had left by this time, so Walt could work out in the open on Mickey Mouse. Walt looked for a distributor and couldn't find one. And let's backtrack a little bit. On October 6th, 1927, the Jazz Singer had premiered, and it was the first movie with sound. It is credited to be the first sound motion picture. Um, and Walt knew that this was the inevitable future of film, even though filmmakers were not yet convinced of that. So he started working on Steamboat Willie. He borrowed the idea from Buster Keaton Comedy and had to figure out how to match the sound to the animation. Wilford Jackson, his mother, uh, was a piano teacher, and so he brought a metronome into the studio, and Jackson played his harmonica with the metronome, uh, and with film at 24 frames per second, Walt calculated on a blank sheet how many frames would be required to match the tune. A night in July in the studio, Walt and others stood behind a bedsheet screen, and they played the music and did the character voices and sound effects for family and studio employees who they invited to come watch. Roy operated the projector outside of the studio and projected it through a window so that the noise of the clicking film wouldn't interfere with what they were trying to accomplish. And each person went out from behind the bedsheet to observe the illusion, and they were so excited about what they saw. Steamboat Willie was finished as a silent film with markings for music and sound effects, and the brothers decided to use their last resources to send Walt to New York City to record sound for film. Um, Walt stopped in Kansas City and talked to his old friend Carl Stalling, a theater organist uh, who had helped Walt when he was in Kansas City, and persuaded Stalling 
to hastily compose a musical score for Steamboat Willie. And yes, that is the Carl Stalling that you're thinking about, whose future ended up being with Warner Brothers animation. Walt knew um, that the sound had to be on the film instead of a separate recording because it was the only way he could guarantee that the sound would match up. He knew that human error could interfere if you had a separate recording from the film. So he shopped around in New York. Fox said they were too busy. RCA said they were too busy, but agreed to do it anyway. And Walt insisted on seeing a sample. So they showed Walt Aesop's fables. And Walt's reaction was that it was terrible. He couldn't believe the quality. And he said that they were not going to be any competition for what they were trying to do. RCA agreed to do it for $600 plus the cost of the orchestra, plus another $1,000 royalty charge and a music tax. Uh, And Walt just said they were too far out of reach. So he then went to P.A. Powers, or Pat Powers, at Cinephone and came up with a deal. Um, The first time they tried to record it was with a 17-member orchestra, three trap drummers, and sound uh, sound effects men. After the first session, Walt was not satisfied with the quality of the result. He said that the conductor was not willing to go along with what was going on in the film, and it just didn't match up and was not the quality that he was looking for. So he decided to remake it uh, using different effects men. Walt had Roy sell his beloved Moon Roadster to finance the second recording. Uh, Moon Roadster was a car of the time. Uh, He cut down the size of the orchestra. He filmed a bouncing ball to show the musical director the beats that he should be following. And he only used two special effects men. Walt supplied Mickey's squeaks and Minnie Mouse's shouts and the voice of the parrot. Walt marketed this new short all over New York City, but no one would buy it. They were all a little worried about where sound was going to be, and honestly, the film industry was just slow to change. Harry Reichenbach um, offered to show it at the Colony Theater. He totally believed in what Walt was doing and said that once the film studios saw what it was and saw the reaction to it, they would have no choice but to jump on. But Walt was worried, showing it at a Broadway house. He didn't think that anyone would distribute it after being shown in a Broadway house. But Harry offered him $500 a week, and Walt agreed. Steamboat Willie opened at the Colony Theater on November 18, 1928, Mickey Mouse's birthday. And the reception was so good, Walt called Carl Stalling to start scoring Playing Crazy and the Galloping Gauchos. Now... Why did I choose to do this first, and why do I like it so much? Well, first of all, it just seemed logical to start at the beginning of Disney music. And every time I hear the beginning of this short, I smile. I love the music. Mickey Mouse whistles the tune, and that the boat wheel is used in the song to provide accents in between Mickey's whistling. I've always loved that, though, that clicking sound. Ah, I just think that's fantastic. The opening music is actually Steamboat Billy. Uh, which was an old ragtime tune, and you can actually hear a recording from 1930, 1913 
of Steamboat Billy uh, if you look it up on Spotify. Very fascinating to listen to. You can't help but kind of smile and bounce along with it. It's just a happy, happy tune, happy time. Um, I love the integration of the sound effects with the music, the fact that they are in time with the music. I love the use of the steam whistles uh, and the bell. I just think it's so creative. that the goat, when the goat eats the music of Turkey in the Straw, and as he's eating it and things are falling out of his mouth, it's the notes of the music that are falling out of his mouth. I think that's hysterical uh, and are laying around on the ground below. Um, and I love it that he eats the guitar and or ukulele and uh, Mickey kind of struggles to try not to get him to eat the ukulele. So cute. Uh, but once he finally swallows the ukulele, Mickey looks in his mouth, sees that all that music and the instrument is in there and gets... Minnie to crank his tail like it's an old gramophone record or a music box to play the music. And then we start getting Turkey in the Straw, which is so much fun. And everybody knows that tune and recognizes it. trash can. He uses the pots and pans on the wall. So good. Um, and it still makes me chuckle today that he uses everything, including the animals. He uses the cat. He uses the goose or the duck. It's just so great. so much fun. And it just brings joy. That sound of that music is just joyful. Uh, and I don't know if it's so much of the quality or just the fact that we all know that it's Mickey's first short. And so we just love it so much. Thank you. 
love the sight gag at the end of the peeling of the potatoes. I know that it has nothing to do with the music, um, but I love the fact that he takes these huge potatoes and peels them down to be small, tiny little potatoes. So funny. And let's give a little credit and love to Carl Stalling and what he did. Now, while Stalling's background music doesn't always go with the story, um, it doesn't always line up. You're always like, ah, it's just kind of music playing in the background. It doesn't really have any effect on what's going on. Um, he does manage to create enough moments where the music enhances what's on the screen uh, that it makes it worthwhile. Uh, for instance, when Minnie misses the boat and is running after the boat and Mickey's trying to get her with the big hook. There is an urgency there, right? There's kind of a chase music going on in the background. <laughs> Turkey in the Straw, when Pete shows up and stops the music and, and catches Mickey not doing his job, there's that kind of ominous evil villain music that we associate with, even with silent films from organ players. Um, and of course, that's what Carl Stalling was, so that's what he knew. But it totally works. It changes the tone of the film and the reaction of Mickey, and it's perfect. It goes along with it so well. Yet, how quickly he wrote it. Quite an accomplishment um, and something to be proud of, I'm sure, uh, in his life. So that's it. Uh, I love uh, Steamboat Willie. I think it's a great place to start our discussion about Disney music because it is the beginning. Um, I'm so happy and excited to share that music with you. I hope you enjoyed the clips that we interspersed. Uh, and it brought back some memories. Uh, if you want to, you can always see Steamboat Willie. It's on uh, YouTube. So feel free. Go out to YouTube. Whoever's got it up there. I think it actually is the Disney Studios that has it up. Uh, but you can watch it and enjoy it anytime that you want. Uh, I know that every once in a while I just feel like I need a little Steamboat Willie in my life. And turn it on just to kind of bring a smile to my face. And remind me how much I love uh, this little character of Mickey Mouse. And the Disney Studios you can follow me on Facebook. I'm at Magic uh, Music Review, at Magic Music Review on Facebook. On Twitter, I'm the Disney Music Dude. I don't tweet a lot, but I do uh, every once in a while uh, put some things out there, but I'm trying to do more and be more in communication with you. Also, the magicmusicreview.com is coming. Uh, you can go to that site right now. It's not a whole lot. It's under construction. Uh, but that's magicmusicreview.com. But jump on Facebook. Look me up. Let me know what you'd like to hear about. What do you want me to talk about? What music do you love uh, of Disney? And we can talk about that. Because uh, I want you to be involved in this conversation. I want it to be a conversation and not just be doing all the talking. Have a great day. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Magic Music Review. Talk to you soon. Now it's time to say goodbye.
real soon. Why? Because we like you. Hey.